Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. So let's face it, guys. The main reason we all go to the gym is because we just want to look good, right? We want to look good with our clothes on and we want to look as best as we can naked. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. To feel good in our own skin, to love ourselves, to feel confident and sexy is important to our happiness and well-being. So who better to go and ask questions related to physique and getting the best shape that you possibly can as efficiently as you can than a seasoned fitness model professional? And that's exactly who we've got on the call today. We have got Anton Costalas joining us, and it was an absolute treat to spend an hour or so with him. So this conversation is going to be broken down into two parts. The first part of the interview is focused in on Anton, and that's quite emotional. His struggles, his unsettled childhood, and the things he's had to undergo that I think has shaped who he is today. And then the second part of the discussion is more practical and experiential. So we get to understand his entrance into the fitness space and how his first competition in physique competing went. We understand the process that he had to go through and some of the mistakes he made in getting into his best shape. And now, four years in, he imparts his most practical, useful pieces of knowledge he can offer in regards to nutrition, and exercise, the things that you should do if you want the very best body possible within the shortest period of time. So stay tuned to listening to that as well as his insane personal bests on the big compound lifts. Now, of course, if you want to chat with me, you know how to do that. You can get through to the Adam Nation Facebook page. And if you want to get in touch with Anton, just click through to the show notes and you'll see how to get hold of him. Enjoy. Adaptation. So guys, today I'm I'm pretty chuffed to be having this conversation. I've got someone on the show today who has got uh, an interesting following on YouTube and Instagram. He is um, a, a physique competitor or specifically a fitness model competitor, um, having been on three shows. He's young, he's got a fantastic body, and he's got a really interesting story. The gentleman who's joining us today is Anton Costalas. That's correct. Is that, is yeah. that not, many people, right? not many people get it, man. <laughs> it's the Greek in me, I think, man. <laughs> so, Anton, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the oh, show, thanks man. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, we've been chatting a little bit offline. So, there's a couple of things I think we'll kind of touch on straight off the bat. But I've given people a really, really high level. But you've also had a very interesting life. And you've also been a semi pro footballer. Uh, and thought that's where your life was going to go until you found, uh, you know, fitness and the gym. So why don't we talk first of all by zooming back to when you were younger and you, when you were in school? Um, for your listeners, more than anything, yeah, because I don't think they've heard this story before. No, like, what no, what not. was childhood like for you, Anton? It yeah, it was hard. Um, unsettled was is probably a word I would describe because I was not settled at school. So I went to quite a few secondary schools and a lot of moving around. And growing up, I was just never 
settled and, and like with friends, always moving about. Um, how many how many schools did he go so to? So I ended up going, including primary schools, it was seven. So seven, seven schools. Wow. So there was it just, should have been two. It, it end, should have been two. Seven below, and yeah. most people just go to two. But obviously my parents, my parents wanted to give me the best opportunity or what they thought, you know, giving me the best opportunity, trying to move me about. But by the time I got to my last school in, when I was in year nine, I just, I just didn't like school. It just, I just ended up fading. Mm. <laughs> um, so academically, it, it wasn't your yeah, finest moments yeah, it wasn't, in terms of performance. Um, the only GCSEs I did get at the time were two C's in English, C in PE, and then I think I redid maths like three times and just got D's. <laughs> that was my worst. Really? Yeah. It was just, it was just, I just couldn't do it. Just, so <laughs> would you time. say that you just you? fell out of love and were not interested in the yeah, whole schooling experience. I just, yeah. As soon as I, even now, if I don't love something, then I just, I won't put any effort and I just won't do it. Mm. So at that time, because I just didn't enjoy it, I just didn't see the point in putting effort into it. And at the time football was my kind of, that was what I wanted to do. You're I constant. To be. Yeah. I was playing. I would put all the effort in to football and uh, I was quite good as well. So um, growing up, I was in you know, academies uh, Southampton. I did uh, played a little bit for Tottenham's youth when I was 19. So I really thought I could do something with it. Um, it's funny, but injuries played a massive part. So mm. that's why it's kind of later on in life. That's where kind of like the personal training. So just before we get on yeah. to that, um, I'm interested with with such a unsettled schooling experience, mm. having to you know shift from one new environments at other you know both yeah. a new school new people clicks that you have to try and break into the new boy with all that shit that comes with that you know learn new teachers how they how they teach you know different schooling expectations different homework it must have been a mind fuck like what were you anxious shifting from one school to the next those first few days in a new school describe that to me man it was uh, it's crazy. Like the first couple of schools, um, I went to a private school. My second secondary school was a private school. Okay. And um, I just felt well out of my depth. I was just like, I felt like everyone else was clever. There was me coming in and I just, I, could, I just couldn't get it. And th instantly there, I felt like a little bit of an outcast. So, um, and obviously teachers are trying to help. And I, I was genuinely trying to do well. And I just wasn't getting the grades. Um, and then I had to move on again and I just instantly became an out, I felt like I became an outcast. So everywhere I, w I went, I just wasn't sure if I was going to be here for very long. So I just kind of hid in my shell. It took, it's, it, I, I started coming out of my shell about 19. That's probably when I started actually coming out of my shell because wow. I just wasn't a confident individual just from just unsettling. And would you say that it was mostly through schooling or do you think part I'll, of that was you as well? I'd say it's mostly from school because going in with so many kids and you're like you're the new kid and just trying to make new relationships mm. it's just it's just hard because everyone's like oh this is the new kid and everyone knows how it is like as a kid going into a new environment and ugh, it's hard getting used to you're not part of the group do you know so what I mean? I, so, I remember when I was at school we had a couple of kids who started you know two three years in the same same yeah. situation moved around and there was one kid in particular that I remember and he was he was just really confident, which pissed everyone off. Like he came in day one, like bright colored trainers, like Jack the lad. And we're like, who the fuck's this dude? Like 
you don't you haven't deserved the 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 opportunity yeah. to be you know the, the the boy but for some reason he was just a social chameleon and he found a way probably through masking his vulnerability he found a way to handle going into a new school which was i'm just going to be super confident even if i'm not i'm going to put i'm going to yeah, put that yeah, front yeah. on i'm going to like chirps up all the girls <laughs> i'm just going to like get in with a couple of the boys and I'm going to own this space. I'm going to own this school. And he managed to do that, which I thought was incredible because I know if it was me, it would have been, I would have felt, yeah. especially 12, you know, 13, 14, 15, your hormones are changing, like your body's all over the place. Yeah. You don't know who the fuck you are. Definitely. I would, I would have struggled going from school to school, man. Yeah, it, it, it was hard. And obviously now it's, it's just helped me. It's helped me later on in life. So that's mm. obviously the one good thing that's happened. But at the time, you're just you don't know who you are you're not confident in my last school as well uh, it was a totally new environment and i ended up getting bullied quite a bit uh right on my first day and first week which was quite bad just because um, you had a new kid just because i was the, probably yeah. just because i was a new kid and it just wasn't nice and that was just like the last straw i was just like i just don't even want to be here like my confidence was not so low but football at the time was just getting me through. So as soon as like did even that, the kids... Did that help your kind of social positioning in the school? Yeah, the fact you was a yeah. good footballer? It, it was crazy because eventually when people started getting to know me and then I started playing football, people were like, oh, wow, he's, he's really He's good. worth knowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, later, later on, some of the bullies just started being nice to me and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up playing for like, I was at year nine, year 10, playing for the sixth form football because, you know, I was that good or... They felt like I was that good. And it just all changed when people started getting to know me. Mm -hmm. and, and football gave me that confidence. That's and it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that because it's such a popular sport yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And everyone idolizes over footballers here. And the fact that you had that, that was your secret weapon, yeah, right? To keep, keep you sane, right? Yeah. And, and and forge some of those relationships. 100%. 100%. So I've, I've got a, a just curious. Every once in a while, it doesn't happen much these days, but when I was a lot younger for maybe four to five years after finishing school and doing college, I'd wake up sometimes in a bit of a state, coming out of a nightmare, because I've, I'm thinking I've got, to, got to finish my English homework. Mm. And I didn't like English, and I didn't like my English teacher. And, you know, it was built, the anxiety in my dream was building up that I haven't done the work I've got to do it, and like, for some reason I can't get it done. And I wake up in a fucking blind panic and then it takes me a couple minutes to actually you know that was years ago i don't have any homework wow. now wow oh, this is amazing <laughs> i'll go back to bed and i'm all settled given your kind of up and down schooling did you ever have any recurrent nightmares or or like flashbacks that kind of unsettled you and then you realized it was just a dream not recently not recently but that you saying that just brings me back to why i wasn't doing my homework and why like my last school was quite far from my from my home i was it was like it took me around two hours to get home no so that just yeah it, it was it was so far from where i was living Bloody hell. but by the time i got home it was like seven o'clock and i was like i ended up going to bed i was shattered because i had to wake up at like six to get to the bus to to go to school so then going there when i got home i, I would just go to sleep wake up at nine i'm like oh i'm not gonna do my homework i've got to get up soon so I feel like that's why like teachers at the time didn't understand what the journey that like the obstacles at home. Yeah. Like I was just spending most of my time traveling. Me and my sister, we were traveling so much just to get to this school and 
there were so many closer schools near us. That is insane. So that brings me back to that thinking like when I got home, I was just so tired. <laughs> so that's why I probably never did my homework. So, mm. But oh, he's a lazy kid at school. <laughs> yep. Oh, he's not living up to his potential. And now, and now fast forwarding today, I would say you're anything but lazy. Yeah. So um, it's funny that some people, some people are failed by the academic system. Yeah. Either the you know, they're not academic or they don't learn in the way the schools yeah. teach. Yeah. So, you know, my brother that you know, you know, my yeah. brother, Michael, um, I would say schooling wasn't for him. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not smart. He's fucking very smart and he's got street smarts and he's he's entrepreneurial and I've got a lot of respect for him and he's a deep thinker and he's motivated to get shit done. Yeah. But in school, it wasn't for yeah. him because the structure, the rigidity, the expectation, yeah. you know, learn the way we teach That's it. and if he couldn't if he couldn't then he was you know labeled as you know not smart yeah but he yeah. was smart it just wasn't working for him did that yeah is that resonate? definitely and i feel like school kind of it fails a certain amount of people that they don't think that way like putting a textbook out and you have to learn from that it some people just don't learn from that i'm a practical learner i need to learn from my own mistakes and yeah. kind of do and it doesn't school doesn't teach people to be entrepreneurs or strive to be bosses this i feel like school only teaches kids to be workers and this is how you're going to do your cv for an interview mm. and this there's never like oh you're going to be a boss one day and but i always learn by doing things and being practical that's why probably i liked football it was problem solving on a pitch and i was yeah. like how are you going to kind of not just score but how are you going to get past and play a certain way around these around this team and i felt like school when someone would just put an exam out and i, I just i may know the the stuff but i just can't i can't do it you can't mm. learn that way and i feel like a lot of people end up believing and i i certainly did growing up and growing up and leaving school you, you made to believe that you're not hard working or you're just you're just dumb and i feel like school kind of failed me in that aspect but later on in life it's just it's just totally different it's so totally now different. now reflected on that and we spoke about this briefly as much as you know you can be objective in how you were brought up or the mm. circumstances that you lived through and gone, do you know what? If I could have replayed it, it would have been nicer if yeah. I had stability. Yeah. It would have been nicer if, you know, our parents stayed together. Definitely. It would have been nice, you know, da 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 da. But what has happened has shaped who you are, mm. right? Do you are you grateful for your experience? And if so, what do you think your experience has given you what gift has it given you in terms of the person you are today yeah like obviously growing up my obviously parents got divorced obviously all that stuff going on and learning learning from that i was me and my sister were kind of i felt like we were on our own so we had to figure out our own problems and at the time you want a bit of direction or i wanted a bit of direction from you know my dad or my you know both my parents but as soon as you kind of as soon as i left school i kind of thought listen, you've got to make these decisions that you're not entirely sure about. And if it goes wrong, you're just going to have to live with it. Um, so that's how, as soon as I left school, I would make, I had to make decisions for myself. And this is the path I'm going to go down. Mm -hmm. If I, if I mess up, it's my own doing, but I, I learned from it kind of thing. If that makes sense. No, it does. So uh, what are you saying there? You kind of got a level of accountability, like self driven accountability is that kind of what has 
come out of schooling for you or come out of your experience? Are you, well, are you, are you self, are you accountable to yourself? Yeah. You drive yeah, yeah. yourself. Are you totally, driven or do you need other to, people to, totally get you to get do that. stuff? And obviously from all that stuff is I'm accountable to myself and I don't rely on anyone. If I make my own mistakes, I make my own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think growing up, it's helped me in terms of decision making as well. So being bold enough to make these decisions of where I'm going to go in life, what I'm going to do, even going into personal training at the time, it, it took a very long time to actually start you know, making some money and, and solidifying my kind of role. Um, and a lot of family around me at the time saying that, giving them advice, giving me advice and saying, this is what I think you should do. And this is what you, you've got to do this, a nine to five job. But at the time I was like, no, I like, I'm used to making my own decisions, and if I make mistakes, that's that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it it is a bold move getting into doing PT stuff mm. because there are so many personal trainers. Mm. There are, and most personal trainers don't earn a lot of money. Mm. And on top of that, there's a lot of average personal trainers. There's a lot of people that just kind of like they meet the minimum expectations they get the minimum qualifications yeah. which are quite yeah, easy to yeah. get it's very easy very easy and you know they kind of muddle along and their rep counters but to get good and to get good enough to get you know reasonable income and rely purely on that as an income that's quite a bold move to do yeah. that and you know to skill yourself up and not feel like a, a charlatan teaching someone and feeling like you don't know what you're talking about like yeah. talk me through that did you feel at some point this was a high risk strategy and you didn't know what you were talking about when you had your first client definitely and you know everything i believe everything is just like a saturated market so right, it was very easy to get in your personal training uh, qualification it took like six weeks but yeah with me i always i always used to think or believe how can i be different and what am i going to do to be different mm -hmm. um, and it's not as easy as just researching this is how you lose weight and this is how you build muscle for me I'm not I'm not a salesperson. I can't I can't lie. So growing up, I if I don't believe it, then I just can't do it. So uh, first gym I went to and obviously the main goal for the gym was just making money. Yeah. They they teach you how to be salespeople and just and kind of blag your way to getting clients and I it just couldn't work for me because I didn't feel confident enough to be able to take someone's money and be like I'm going to get you great results. So at the time mm. when you start, I was like I don't even know how really to, I'm not entirely yeah. confident that I'm going to get you results and I can't chat my way through it. And there was a lot of PTs at the time who would, uh, in terms of PT, they weren't the, gr the greatest, but they were the best at selling. Yeah. And that's what- how, Selling the dream. Yeah, this selling the dream. This is what I can dream. do for you, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's always the client's fault. But I, I thought to myself at the time, how am I going to get more, get more confident and learn? So I thought as soon as I quit football due to injuries, I, I thought I need to do some sort of competition that I need to build muscle first. I was quite a skinny guy as well. Okay. So at the start, I was like, my goal personally is to build muscle. I'm going to spend about two years building muscle. And then I'm going to do a competition. Whilst you was a PT. Whilst as soon as I was a PT, that's okay. when I made the transition. And it was quite a long time. A lot of people want things quickly, but in my mind, I was very patient. So I was like, two years, you're going you're gonna to bulk, you're going to build muscle. And then you're going to do a competition. And it, it took a very long time. And I thought the only way people were going to 
trust me is if, if I showcase my my journey and that's the best way to be I didn't know how to kind of sell or anything like that. I was like well let me just show people my journey and see see what happens I, I think that's that's a credible decision yeah. decision whilst I don't think you need to be jacked yeah. to be a good PT yeah yeah of course not. You, don't, you don't need to like if your knowledge should outweigh your physique right if you come across and you've got the right approach and you are a coach and you can adapt to that client and you're not just dogmatic you have to do it this way yeah, very rigid yeah. meal plans you know this For format. Sure. but if you can read your client you can counsel your client you can understand their problems you can develop strategies to work around their bad habits you can guide them step by step yeah. to being a better person yeah. and working out slightly better that's the gift of being a pt definitely but if you've also got a good physique and you've worked for it the hard way that just further you know it's a stamp of approval yeah. that You've been there, for, done for that. sure. And like, I did it. I didn't even do it entirely just to how I look, but I was like, how I want to build muscle, and if someone wants to build muscle, I need to be able to do that myself. Yeah. Like, I'd never done even a fat loss phase uh, until obviously my first competition. So I feel like as well to be a good PT, definitely you don't have to look entirely like the part. I feel like clients will always want someone to look up to and be like, if they've already got in shape or mm. they're quite in good for condition. Like for me, if I couldn't have a PT who's who's never dieted before or is not in some sort of good shape, I think that's fair. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you want to look up to them and be like, "Oh, this guy's in good shape. He's he's, he's got a, tons of knowledge." And so well, it's all about the knowledge as well. And and most people are will learn through doing. And I think with yeah. clients relating it to clients, for me, the only way to know how they feel is to kind of put yourself in that position. You could learn everything. You could go to uni. And I feel like learn everything as much as possible. But it's a it's a mental game as well. Being able to diet and build muscle, it's a process. So what did it what did it feel like? You know, what were the hardest moments? You know, what are the things that made a difference? And you can say that because you don't academically just know if you cut by twenty yeah. percent and then you do that for long enough, you're going to lose weight. It's not just science for you. It's an yeah. anecdote of personal experience, which yeah. means you're more relatable, right? Yeah, for sure. And like, so when I first started building muscle, I, I didn't even know what calories were. So <laughs> it was funny. So all I knew at the time was I'm going to eat more, I'm going to weight train, and I'm going to see see what happens. And mm. I thought at the time, a lot of people would just take take some photos every four weeks, see what happens. And within six months, I remember at the start, my mom taking my first before picture and... Um, <laughs> She was just like, in fact, she found it so weird. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, trust me, I'm going to build some muscle, mom. I'm going to do this. And then within six months, I'd actually built some really good muscle. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's not bad. Like, I, had, I was shocked. I was mm -hmm. actually shocked. And that was by not knowing about calories, anything like that. All I knew is that you had to just eat more. Was uh, you getting fat at the same time? I or? wasn't actually, because no. I made that transition from football, I was still quite lean. Um... And I was actually still on quite low carb because at the time you think, well, I used to think carbohydrates were quite bad. So yeah. I used to have a lot of fats instead of actually carbohydrates. So yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird one. But it, was, it wasn't that until at least I think a year into my PT where I started taking macros into consideration when I started learning off. I think it was a guy called Nick Cheadle. Uh, yeah. So you, you must know he's yeah. a really big guy. I've, I've actually met him a couple of times. Really? I went when I went over to Sydney, we we had coffee, and he's oh, really? going to be on the podcast soon. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. He he was he's one of my show. first. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's I, I look I look up to all of his stuff. And when he started going on about if it fits your macros, and he used to, he used to take pictures with uh, him having pizza, and he was like, oh, you know, if you can have it within, 
if you want your food and you can have it often, but you're accountable for it. And I was like, what's this? I'm here eating okay, clean yeah. food <laughs> five, six days a week. And then I'm binging on the weekends. And that's, that's what it came to. So I used to ha only have my cheat meal once a week, but then it just turned into eating excessively. Yeah. And then obviously I started thinking that can't be healthy that I'm just cutting out all the foods I want, eating clean, clean food. And I'm just craving this food by the end mm. of the week. So he was one of the first guys I saw and I was like, started following his stuff. And I was like, this guy, this guy's brilliant. He knows what he's doing. And that's when I started taking into, uh, taking macros into consideration. But the weird thing about that was I got a coach first. I, I got a coach uh, and then he gave me like macros straight away. But the problem is I didn't really know how to track macros and, I was just a bit confused and I found it, I found it very, very hard to track macros. So then I moved on to another coach who took me through my first competition and he was a bit of the extreme old school bodybuilding and it was a straight diet plan. At the time it was very easy because I was like, oh, this is what I've got to eat. Yeah. Um, but then I knew about calories and macros and obviously following like Nick Cheeto, I was like asking this coach at the time what are my macros? And he was like, oh, you don't, you don't need those. Or he wouldn't give me my macros. And I was like, I want to know what they are because how am I going to know if I'm building muscle or I started understanding about calorie surplus, calorie deficit. And was this guy also training you as well? He was training me as well, like once a week. Um, pro I probably didn't need it, but he made me obviously at the time believe you, I need to train you once a week to know that you're training hard enough. And this old school mentality that we we did is that I didn't do any heavy lifting. Strength training wasn't the priority. So all I was doing is going in. First set would be like 20 reps of leg extensions. It was just no, there was no structure to the plan. There was no, all I could think of is that I have to train hard every day to get in the best condition and build muscle for this competition. So this was like a, a bodybuilding split yeah, type? Typical. Lots of volume, yep. pump. And it was six days a week as well. And okay. it, it, that was a hell of a lot as well. Only mm. a one day rest. And I'm just constantly burning my muscle out and just working to failure. Did you enjoy the workouts? I did and I didn't. At the time, I was like, this is, I'm doing this and I'm going through this pain because I'm going to build muscle and I'm going to get on stage. No so pain, no gain, for me, no. I'm just like, <laughs> I will do anything. If I have to do it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So I made myself enjoy it kind of thing. But the food, I didn't really enjoy because I was on an off season and I was following a diet plan with no carbs or little to low carbs on an off season that's where you should have if not more flexibility yeah so at the time i was just again binging on the weekend and then going through like low carbs throughout the week and until i got to my competition where i had 11 weeks to get into the best com uh, best condition of my life really and it was hard it was it was hard so this is great it's the kind of thing i wanted to get into cool. so you are you're following a, a diet plan. Mm. You're following a high volume bodybuilder yeah. split six days a week with someone who's maybe a little bit uh, resistant to giving you all the detail. For kind sure. of one that keeps his secret sauce a little yep, close to his chest, it. right? And then you get 11 weeks out to, to show, and that's when you're going to start prepping. So you're going to you start your cut. Yeah. 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 What did that, what was that cut like? The 11 weeks, it was. It was shorter than my second competition, but the 11 weeks felt like 20 weeks. It was instantly I was on low calories. I think the first two weeks I lost like nearly a stone. No. I lost. He just wow. put me on the original diet plan that I did when I first started with him. So I was like, you know, on and off season, your aim is to 
build up your calories so you can then diet on higher calories. Yeah. So I originally went to the original diet plan that I did about a year and a half ago. And I, obviously I was going to lose weight very quickly, but instantly I felt like I lost a lot of muscle, but I lost a lot of weight quickly. And I think I was ready about four weeks out. I felt like I was ready. I didn't, I didn't see much change in the last four weeks. Okay because I, I don't I don't think there was much to to lose to be honest it was no kind of structure um so I was just doing a diet plan seven days a week same foods so what kind of foods we're we talking about so I remember I remember the diet plan like <laughs> it was uh so it was free eggs free egg whites in the morning it was like three meals of either chicken or mincemeat 150 grams vegetables it was two tablespoons of oil, macadamia oil. <laughs> and then and post-workout, I would have like 100 grams of potato. And then okay. my last meal, three eggs, three egg whites, half an avocado. And so that, literally, literally no carbs other than that one meal after the no workout. No carbs. And wow. obviously going through it at the time, I'm like, yeah, I feel great. Um, I can do it. Yeah, having no carbs is brilliant. And problem with that, when you do a competition... You don't really know how many carbs you're going to need to kind of look fuller, how you're going to look. So I felt like I, when we tried to carb up, we, first of all, we didn't test it. So we, we didn't have high days. We didn't have like refeed days where, you know, we don't know how many carbs you need to kind of look full. Okay. Uh, you're four weeks out, you're quite lean. So probably best to kind of try all that out. We didn't even try all that out. So I ended up only having around 200 grams of carbs and I just couldn't get a pump on stage. I just, I felt like obviously I was struggling to contract my muscles, probably because there wasn't a lot of glycogen okay, in my wow. system. We took out salt, which we can go into. Like we took out. Oh, salt. so you've done an extreme kind it was of dehydration extreme, as well. And the science behind it is: do not play around with your salt. That's the one thing you don't do, especially with competition. But you do hear that, right? You do yeah. hear a lot of people playing with their sodium levels. Yeah, yeah, sodium yeah, yeah, potassio yeah. ratios to to drop definitely water retention right but but you're saying your subsequent yeah um competitions you haven't manipulated your salt at all on my second competition no we kept kept salt intake the same okay i I remember listening to bio lane lane norton and he's very inspirational but uh, i like him because he goes through the science and then he gives his you know he backs up his idea with science and he kind of showed at the time that if you play around with your salt or if you do play around with your salt the week leading up, the idea is obviously that you try and dehydrate as much as possible, mm-hmm. but your body actually starts holding on to water because it's not sure what's going on. So the best thing to do is to not play around with your salt intake, keep it the same. And obviously water and salt, you need it to bind together. Yeah. So you can then obviously have a fuller muscle. And I just felt that week, the last few days that I cut salt out, I just felt like I, I I wasn't as tight. I was struggling on stage. I remember sweating on stage because I was trying to contract my legs and I felt like I was struggling. It was a really weird feeling. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's what kind of uh, happened up until and then. So what, what about the what about the prep to showcase yourself, your body? Yeah. What was what kind of training did you have to get to because I know this isn't pure classic yeah. you know bodybuilding yeah, poses right you're not doing all the poses no. are you no this is like fitness model so so what kind of, do you do you have to do poses or are you just tightening your yeah body so generally? um it's kind of different you don't have a routine or anything like that but what you do you just have to learn how to kind of have a front pose because you go to the front of the stage you do a couple of poses you go to the left of the stage and the right so you kind of pick a a little bit of a routine 
um but you kind of use you kind of learn what's the best routine for you so my legs was my strong point so i tried to showcase my legs um and then you get call outs where you kind of have to go through quarter turns if that makes sense so yeah. you just have to learn how to kind of do side poses a back pose that's not like classes no like bicep clenching or anything yeah. like that you get marked down for that in the fitness model work uh, oh really yeah criteria okay. if you clench your fist that's it they'll mark you down because this is a fitness model okay. category so it's more of like it's natural. not yeah it's like a it's like more of a natural pose kind yeah. of thing it's not did you have to go through a lot of training yeah. and a lot of guidance to be ready to yeah i got that? a posing coach and uh, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah 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 and i remember like people were like you don't need a co uh, posing coach up until like four weeks i remember like three months out i was like no <laughs> if i'm gonna do something i'll do it to the best that i can yeah. so i got one three months before once a week practice and then within like eight weeks to go she was like you're pretty much ready i was like oh you sure like I could practice again, but I felt really confident at the time. You're you practice a routine, and then you're like, I just want to do it now. So that kind of what's the word that anxiety? Yeah, no. The I was do, practicing it so much, I was getting bored of it. Right. So okay. That kind of enthusiasm will just come waned. out when I go on stage, and I okay. remember like loving it. <laughs> I was so, like a different person. So you you'd, you'd done the the coaching to to pose. You'd obviously gone through this this journey of a couple of yeah. years with your and then the second coach kind of dialed you in with like fairly aggressive regimented plans you mess with your soul as well you've yeah. done everything you can to be stage I ready not, i just wasn't happy <laughs> and what was the the first show experience like like talk to me about nerves or anxiety or did you feel like you fitted in did you feel like you were one of one of them i see talk, talk yeah. to me a little bit about it's a that. weird one because you go you you're doing this competition and you just go by how you look. So you're constantly looking at how you look. Looking at and, other people as yeah, well. Yeah, and right? uh, you know what? I was, because I was used to performing with football, I felt very confident. I was like, I'm not going to look at anyone in my competition. Okay. I'm very confident in myself. I'm just going to focus on me. That's the only thing I can control. Yeah. I felt like what I learned through football, I kind of applied it. So I was not nervous. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not part of this because it's not me. Like, just going by how you look it just wasn't me i felt like i was just acting for this event i'm doing okay um, okay i feel like a lot of people i can't speak for everyone but i feel like a lot of people do it because they're very insecure about themselves i always have a purpose to it so my reasoning was i need to get in the best condition possible but it was very weird backstage it was you just got people looking orange tanned mm -hmm. up like taking pictures and i was like this is just really weird <laughs> Because I've, I've had a um, an, an older chap, about, about my age, just a little bit older, who uh, lives in New York, and he's gone through a couple of competitions okay. as well. And he spoke about the, you know, the backstage yeah. experience and, you know, getting tanned up and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, some of his missteps on the first time, he, you know, he didn't course. go to a didn't go to a pro tanning facility so it just oh, wasn't wow. he, he wasn't he wasn't orange enough and oh, no. and it just didn't he looked a bit streaky and he was looking around and he just said it felt like a freak show it felt like a yeah. circus act at the back <laughs> and he said um we were in a like a hotel that this is it was done okay. in a hotel there a little yeah. event and they just had this plastic wrapped all over the chairs and everything so people don't like rub off all yeah. their tan is that the yeah, same thing it, for you? it was it was just so weird because you go into the toilets on the stage day and the toilets are like all orange there's tan everywhere <laughs> the, the toilets at the event were the same as like 
what the public like the people coming to watch their yeah. family so you've got people coming in like normal people <laughs> and then you've got people posing in front of the mirror oh, cool. it just stinks of tan it was just very weird and i had a lot of fam i had a lot of family come and, and support me which i was very grateful for and I, you know some people i didn't ask to like i didn't ask for them to come because i know it's weird <laughs> like when you first go to a show it is weird it is weird i've, and, I've seen a couple yeah. of shows I, I went to the body power expo yeah uh, last year and they had a show okay yeah yeah there. they do shows there and it's it's novelty for about three or four minutes and then i'm like is that it yeah I'm like you just come on that's it yeah look at my body and then you get off and i'm like all that effort all to that stand effort. around for a couple of minutes. It's, it's, and I know you're feeling like <laughs> shit because you haven't had any food for the last two days. It's so weird. It, it's the things that it makes you do that when you get down to that level of body fat, like especially on my first con because I was so deprived of food, you end up spending hours looking at food on your phone. Really? Yeah, you food start porn. looking at yeah, you start looking at food porn. <laughs> and I remember I was like an hour in bed and I was like, what am I doing? Wow. Because you're so deprived and you this this food is off limits and it it just it's it makes you go it makes you go a little bit crazy like it, it is it's what happens when you deprive your body and you're at that level of body and fat. what what did you get what did you get from your first experience because obviously you've done it again so yeah it didn't didn't deter you you didn't go you know what enough's enough i've done that yeah, got a yeah, t-shirt yeah. Oh, that's it i'm done it spurred you on to go again sure. and then a third time yeah. so what did you get you know post like eating some food and feeling cool. normal again what was your feeling you know was you proud was you uh satisfied did you feel that you could have done better did did you get the excitement that this is me this i want to keep doing this forever like t- talk me through that post show emotion like, i loved every minute of being on stage and i wasn't i wasn't really bothered about with the results even though in my first two shows i got second and third you get these That's pro good. cards yeah. i was i was buzzing but i was not happy because after after the show, I realized I could have come in tighter. Okay. I felt like, you know, playing around with the salt and the whole, the, just the whole regime, I just didn't agree with. But obviously, I committed because I always believe in if someone knows better than you, do it. Yeah. That, don't learn the hard way and try and do it yourself. But I, I was quite I was quite upset afterwards. I was just not happy with the approach we used. And obviously, the effects of it afterwards as well. Like, as soon as I started having normal food, I just couldn't stop eating. As well, most people it's like that, but because I was deprived so long of just variety, it just it made me go crazy, and I ended up putting on a lot of weight. Um, obviously, then then I started uh, with another guy from work from Blueprint Fitness, Chris Constantinou, and he's a natural bodybuilder as well. And I knew instantly I was like, "You're going to coach me on my second show. I want to do an off season with you." Uh, he's very science-based and he learns from what he does. So we went straight on to macros and I instantly wanted to use a different approach. And obviously working with a lot of guys who, you know, natural bodybuilding champion, Nathan, they they all used carbohydrates. They all did strength training and it was basically the opposite of opposite what I was what doing. Yeah. To do, yeah. And I, I was like, no, I want to be having high carbs. I'm going to be doing strength training. So I committed to like another year and a half and I was, I was excited because I was now focusing on strength training, uh, that sense of performance that I needed to get stronger in order to build muscle, like progressive overload. Mm. I, I felt that wasn't really featuring in the it, first no, couple of years. No, not at all. It was just high reps. Right. Just make, burn so it, the wasn't, muscle it out. wasn't about bar weight. It was about reps. Yes, yeah, that's it. Reps, reps and sets. And okay. I felt like it's just it's just harder to track your progress. Yeah, of course it is. How can you track if, if is there progressive overload? 
Like, I don't know. I don't know if I've got Well, you stronger. need to measure volume then, don't yeah. you? you? And that means you've got to get a calculator and go sets by, by reps, by yeah. weight. Yeah. And I've got to improve that next next week. Yeah, it's a weird versus one. Versus saying there's, you know, 150 calendar by. If I can do 160, I know I've made progress. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. But like how much progress of weight can you do with 15, 12, 15 reps? Of course. It's, it's, and it's, yeah. you know, you're more at risk of injury there. So having having a structure and like, all right, you're going to get strong on these compounds and then you're going to move over to your bodybuilding style yeah. um, training. Was, you, was you worried that, you know, because some people, well, actually you see a lot of bodybuilders don't do a lot of compound yeah. heavy lifting yeah. because they say it makes you thicker around mm. the waist yeah. and that kind of stuff. You, you know, your core gets a bit too, gets a bit, a bit too mm. out of proportion. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think to that? Do you think that's a real thing? Or? Uh, personally, I don't think so. Like no. a lot of people say deadlifts will make your, you know, your back, you know, bigger your waist but i i don't believe that uh and you know we, we're working around people at work who have been doing these compounds for a long time yeah well they've they've had insane physiques so i was just like i'm not going to listen to that unless i see full evidence of that being true then yeah. i'll kind of look at it and, and kind of ask the question is this making it worse or or better kind but of do thing. you think your body responded more do, in terms of the growth and the structure and you know the, the shape yeah so as a result um, of your second bout yeah of training? for sure so i didn't uh, i got a dexa scan in my first show so on my off season i got a dexa scan which is supposedly like a gold standard way of testing your body composition body, yeah body composition yeah. i got down to five point three percent body fat ridiculous on my first show <laughs> it was crazy um and then obviously i used that as a guide and the next time i did my next show I ended up getting down to 4.3% body fat with more muscle mass. So I was like, wow, the change of approach and this dedication of an off season. Yeah. I built, I built so much strength in that year and a half. It was crazy. So, but looking at the DEXA scans, I was like, wow, I've actually gone down a percent. And visually, when I look at how tighter I came in, how much fuller and how much more muscle I actually put yeah. on, it was, it was crazy visually. So Crazy. do you, just out of interest, yeah. in terms of your training style, do you do you have like a periodized training regime where you're doing both, you know, the strength work and the yeah. hypertrophy work? Or is it pure strength all the way throughout? Yeah, so as a natural bodybuilder, I believe, or natural athletes, you need to be doing strength training. It's the only way to kind of, you know, measure progress. So, okay. Um, I always start with my strength work on my compounds. I train five days a week. So if it's squats, I'll, it will typically be back squats. And I'm following like a program where I start off with like first week will be like five reps. Um, next week will be three reps. And then I'll try a five set, three set, and then like a one rep max on my third week. So and this is all strength work yeah, at the moment. Yeah, all strength that, turn. Okay. Only on my uh, first exercise on my main compounds, it would be that deadlifts, okay. bench press, uh, military press. And so then, for the first exercise, you're doing strength work. Yeah, you're putting everything into that. For sure. And then what the, the uh, secondary exercises are more assisted so that would, work? It would still be uh, like strength, but it would be more like eight to 10 reps. Okay. It would be like maybe a hack squat. I'm still always focusing on trying to lift as much as within reason. Okay. Uh, mostly compounds or are you still doing mostly, isolation? Mostly compounds, but I'll leave the isolation till the end. The end. Okay. So when i'm when i'm burnt out and tired yeah. that's when i'll hit like the cable flies and then i'll move over to like biceps got it uh kind of like um so it's, it's almost like a high it's a hybrid plan so yeah, whilst you're yeah. you've got a strong bias towards strength work being where you put the majority of your focus and energy 
you then supplement that workout with the stuff that's less fatiguing and a little bit more focused afterwards. Definitely. Just so you can get volume. Yeah, in. exactly. And for me, the more stronger you are, so the more strength I build, when I get to those high reps and I will be able to lift more weight as yeah. a result of the increased strength. Of course. So yeah. I'm able to lift more weight for more reps. So I'm measuring, again, progress. Um, so yeah, I feel like getting stronger is, is everything for a natural natural bodybuilding and it keeps you motivated as well it keeps me motivated of course it does so not everyone wants yeah to be strong of some course. people just want to be big yeah 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 and they don't care about being strong to get big but it sounds like you're wired yeah. in the way that you know strength is important definitely because i look at sustainability as well if if i couldn't carry on not caring about my how much weight i'm lifting how long can anyone keep training if there's no real you know, goals set, if that makes sense. And for me, it's, it's the strength. How yeah. much strength can I build over time? Um, Do you want to get stronger? Ah, I always want to get stronger. Yeah. Always want to get <laughs> Because you've got some good numbers. So you're you're 5'8 height, right? 5'8". Yeah, about 5'8". Uh, and you're weighing what, about 170? Now about I'm about 177 pounds now. Okay, so. what was your show weight? So my show weight, my first show was 163. Okay. And then my second show was 162. So I was actually wow. a pound lighter. Yeah, more, more muscle more mass. and more. It's, it's a weird one. People would think it's you'd be, you'd be heavier, but I actually look bigger. And yeah, it was, was bigger, lighter, but wow. I was actually a pound lighter. So, so I mean, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not, you haven't, you're not a mass monster, no, right? No, but, definitely you know, you've not. got, you've got, you've got good frame when you, you can yeah. see that. But your your strength is insane. Like, so you're deadlifting what? Yeah. So the most I deadlifted was two thirty. Two hundred thirty k. That's good. You know, <laughs> well, only yesterday I did two twenty for four, which nice. You know, it's been a long time doing that weight again. Um, squats I've only just got back into it but the most I've done was 190 that is insane it's, it's crazy my bench is not too bad but the most I've done was 130 and that was for about one yeah I'm doing 130 is it yeah, but I'm bigger than yeah, you so yeah. you'd expect that right like, I mean yeah, like, true, I'm, I'm taller true. than you and I'm, I'm heavier than you so you'd yeah, expect me enough. to be able to do more yeah for sure but my, my, my bench is 130 but I, I think I can do more yeah I'm sure my squat can. is 160 <laughs> and I can do four four or five nice and my deadlift is 190 for say four but and I, I think i can do more but i yeah. run out of energy yeah, yeah versus yeah. and i've got the strength i just haven't got the energy just to do like, anymore yeah, do you know what i mean see, yeah so maybe i can lift a little bit more for just for one definitely but it, it gets to that it's that anxious yeah. weight do you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like i get scared <laughs> when i put that when Mate, i rack I the weight on scared. i'm like oh i don't know if i want to do honestly this the first time i ever did it the obviously the good thing about training with people who have competed and they've been doing it for years and long guys like they will they they'll tell you if it's there, too much. If it's too much or right. they're like, no, you can do it. And I'm like, really? Like, what? <laughs> and honestly, the first time lifting like 220, like it was it's so scary. Like I was just so scared. But I was just like, wow, you know how it feels kind of thing. And I've I've seen I've seen some of your videos of deadlifting. You've got reasonably good form. You don't, yeah. you're not rounding your lower back much. No. It seems to be pretty it's tight. It's only on like those. Whereas one I know rep. when I go to the, the heavyweight, my, my lower back is starting to go. Yeah. And that's when you worry, right? But yeah, you, you seem to be pretty solid on the 220, yeah, like lifting out without rounding too much. It, obviously, it can always be better. But when it comes to those like one rep weeks or those heavy weeks, form will take, you know, it will sacrifice a little bit, but of not course. drastically. So, and that's why I deload as well. So the next week after that heavy week, um, I will always deload and reset the form on that compound. When you deload, is it completely off training? Or? So No, no. So all I'll do is deload really on the first exercise. So it'll be like in, my max is 220 on deadlift. I'll do like 180 or 160, 160 to 180 week. and just do for six reps. Okay. Maybe hit like a dead stop. So I'm really focusing on engaging like my lats and yep. 
you know, and keeping the form tight. So the next week I build it up again, that form is kind of solidified again, if that makes sense. If I carry on heavy lifting with bad like form, the form will keep keep of going down. Does, yeah. So do you do proper deloads like completely off or do you do you always train? No, I always train. I love it too much. Yeah. Uh, whether <laughs> I don't know whether it's more beneficial to take like a week off. I've heard so many things, but I usually just deload on the first exercise and then I, kind of, I will just go on the next exercise I'll go in but I feel good like that so as long as I comp, like deload on that compound and keep my like give my central nervous system a rest yeah, that makes then sense. I feel like I can go heavier on the on the other exercises after that and so. do you do you feel that you recover well enough between days when you're doing when you're doing heavy compounds every day five days a week yeah yeah do you weird, feel right? that like, do you ever come in feeling mentally not with it like a little bit like anxious or tired or just like you don't feel you can give it all your or do you feel that you recover well from those it's a, compounds it's, it's a weird one it's just, it really depends but usually after that heavy week then the deload week i come in whether it's mental and it's just me like oh it's a deload but oh i'm feeling tired because i've lifted so heavy right i'm not sure but generally after that heavy week i am a bit like i'm quite tired but, but when you're doing fives and threes, yeah, you can and, go day yeah, after day and you're okay. That's it, yeah. I feel like my recovery is really good. So I eat well, sleep well. Sleep as well is a big thing. It's a big so deal, man. I could probably get better sleep, but it's hard with PT in the mornings, evenings. Mm -hmm. But I try and get as much sleep as, as I can. <laughs> so I think this is a good point in which to start solidifying some practical guidance for the guys listening. So they yeah. would have heard, you know, your journey. We would have heard, we've heard, you know, some of your struggles, some of your mistakes. Uh, and now we kind of fast forward into now, you just seem to be in a more settled place when yeah. it comes to knowing how to make progress and you're strong as Definitely. fuck and you know, you're looking good and you, you've still got a lot more to go. Now, knowing what you know now with some of the mentors you have yeah. around you, what would you guide, whether it just be Joe Public who just wants to yeah. look better, to someone who actually wants to compete, what would be your big rocks the areas that you would ask them to focus on when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to exercise, when it comes mm -hmm. to recovery, how would you kind of frame that up? You know what? Because, because I've learned so much from my own mistakes, I feel like why would you try and guess your way into getting what you want, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. like I wanted to compete. I was like, well, I need someone who's done it before and who's done it for years who can – I can skip all those mistakes basically like invest I would say invest your money into what you want and whether it is a, a better body people look at fitness as sometimes and they're like oh it's quite a lot of money I can do it myself but then they end up spending so much time doing it wrong and yeah. waste wasting time as well it's why would you want to waste years and money on a membership and just just because you don't want to spend the money I feel like there's always stuff you can learn so if it's someone who just wants to build muscle, you, you've got to be patient. I think that's the main thing that people are not. They're not patient. I think mm. if, if it's today with apps and technology, I feel like we get everything so easy now. Um, but when it comes to your body, it, it takes time and there's no way around it. So when people are like, I want quick results, I feel like they end up spending, they don't even realize it. They try and do an extreme approach. They end up relapsing, quitting, and then they just spend time. Well, so tell me if you agree with this. And and I, I'm not trying to make the idea of fat loss sound mm. easy, but fat loss is, for the most part, it's about it's about 
some discipline mm. around your diet mostly right yeah, it's yes, diet of course and it's fairly predictable if you can yeah. follow your diet yeah. if you can mentally control you know your adherence to a diet you're going to lose weight yeah when it comes to building muscle you can't accelerate muscle growth mm. like beyond like yeah. the normal limits without anabolics sure. right it takes time it takes a it's a hell of a lot harder to build mass than it is to cut fat For i sure. think personally yeah. do you agree i totally agree it's well, whilst lo losing getting down to four percent is not fucking oh, course, easy i'm not suggesting like extreme that extreme on another level but, but losing you know if you're 30 pounds overweight losing 20 pounds whilst you might not like it yeah, yeah. it's easy Definitely. like you just have to not eat yeah yeah 100 the, the process of it or the you know you have to just make sure you're burning more than you're eating yeah it's easier with muscle it is with muscle building muscle it's a lot your body harder. doesn't want to yeah. necessarily oversize yeah definitely because your body wants to be the size it, the minimal size it needs to be to meet the needs of your life yeah because yeah. it doesn't want to carry around extra percent you know heart you know extra energy it's demanding holding mass mm. right yeah. your body doesn't want to just have this mass and not use it so yeah. your body's resistant to growing i think personally now you can overcome that resistance and you can get bigger and you can oversize. Yeah. But it's a long journey. Definitely. Maybe the first six months you you get a nice honeymoon period, yeah. like yeah. you get a nice bump <laughs> and your body responds. It's a hyper responder to the fact you just got all this new stimulus. Yeah. But after that's the honeymoon period, like it takes it's a long slog. Definitely. If you want bigger, you know, bigger biceps, bigger chest, bigger delts, bigger legs, it takes time. Definitely. Man. It's patience, man. It's it's it takes you got you got to love what you're doing as well. If you're not li loving your training, you're thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get bigger muscles," then you're not going to just you're not going to keep to it. Mm. It you know, fat perseverance, loss, yeah, perseverance, consistency. That's it. Week in, week out for a couple of years. That's to it. get somewhere yeah. reasonable. Yeah, and not perfection as well. Like you're going to have days where you can't be bothered, and you know, I'm not saying you have to do every workout, but it's, again, it's just consistency. Yeah, and just and knowledge as well. What like just why would you want to waste time? trying something like the amount yeah. i've learned from working at blueprint and working with these guys and training with them I, I feel like i've just skipped four years if i was to do it on my own yeah and, and and i've done it all in a year and it's just crazy the amount of like my before and after four years obviously a lot of people on instagram are like or oh, steroids or anything like that it's easy to look at a picture for a start when you look at it as four years of you know making mistakes mm -hmm. five six five days a week training you know, going in there pushing yourself you know it's it's a long time four years is, is a long man. time but it's easy obviously with social media to kind of look at it so you've said some stuff there which you know they're gold right consistency patience mm. uh putting in the effort yeah um learning from reputable people yeah. whether it be you reading Definitely. or you're getting someone to yeah. engage with you what would you say into so if someone's not they're going to bulk right yeah. they want to put mass on what would be your recommendations around a kind of macro or diet protocol what would you say okay this is how you should think about nutrition okay well first of all you would look at how many days a week are you training and you know what are you gonna do with your nutrition as well so i would recommend for someone if that obviously it's different depending on what level they're at but mm -hmm. you need to be doing weight training you need to be doing strength training depend that's, on that's a no-brainer that's a no-brainer you're gonna yeah. be hitting the gym definitely but from a nutrition standpoint to support growth and what would you what would you get them on it depends it all depends but i would look to them 
getting on focusing on their macro and calorie intake so working out their protein number that's the most important thing okay. working out the calories and kind of being a bit more flexible with maybe carbs and yeah. fats although i would recommend if you're doing a lot of strength training explosive stuff maybe keeping your carbs as high and then tracking your weight as well with that so is your daily weight tracking? going up? I, I would personally like to do daily tracking but Same. at a minimum monday wednesday friday i would say but if you want to get the average of the week then every day but that's why I, yeah. I i i track not because i care about the difference between monday yeah, yeah, yeah. and tuesday yeah of course i track so i can look at the data at some point you Definitely. know once every couple of weeks and look yeah. where it's going you can't really do that if you're tracking randomly where yeah. you've had a carb yeah. day one day you've not you know you've not eaten much the next exactly. day it's all over the place exactly. you need to see where it's going Definitely. so daily tracking remove the emotion yeah don't worry about yeah, it yeah yeah exactly Just that's that's the big thing for most people <laughs> especially if it's fat loss but for people to build muscle as well focus on getting enough protein then yeah, well, what, what you regard as like I one would, gram per yeah i'll say about a gram per pound of body weight but with with muscle building clients as well i like to maybe bump it up to gram or 1.5 grams okay i like to go a little bit more just because you know you're trying to build some muscle you, you don't don't need to go too high yeah but um you get a reasonable amount and then you get more calories for carbohydrates and you know, and then you when, when you do calorie goals yeah. what, what are we talking about 10 percent above 20 percent above tde depends but yeah maybe 20 percent. but start off if depend on their height and weight you could start them on it really depends say it's like 2000 it's like an average for a guy um but then see what your weight does i like to just go by putting them on a set amount of calories and see, see what, what happens. and see what happens to yeah. your weight because a lot of people they try and work out calories and they're like what should i do i'm like well it doesn't really matter it matters what your what your weight does so if you start off start off on a reasonable amount and then go if up. If your weight's every, not moving, and if it's not it's moving, too low. yeah, go. If it's moving too quickly. Let's put it down it, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And then go by that because you could try and work them out as much as you want, but it's, it's never going to be entirely accurate. It's just an estimation. But once you see what your weight does, then you can really make. Oh, okay, I'm hitting maintenance with these calories, or yeah, you know, there's ways of obviously bumping them up. Yeah. So we got, we got, we got calories, a small surplus, and yeah, kind small of surplus. work it out, right? Use a formula, but then yeah. refine it based on what your weight does. Definitely. You've got protein at one to one and a half grams per pound. Uh, anything else on the nutrition front that you think is important? Or is it really those two things that I matter think, most? I think those are the main things that will make the difference. Making sure you're obviously getting enough fat intake as well. Okay. But I like to now obviously, you know, hitting the more carbohydrates, I feel like for performance especially the explosiveness uh, as long as you're getting your minimum amount of fat then hitting those carbs as high as you can as well is it's just going to benefit you and plus yeah. you get more flexibility as well yeah and it's getting the balance depending on what level you're at you want to balance in life with you know food intake and if you're not having carbohydrates it's very hard to eat out or, or anything like that so yeah modern day life is carb dominant yeah so when when you're trying to go on a diet which is very low carb yeah, yeah. it's, it's very just so hard. restrictive isn't it's it it's so hard but knowing that you can have carbs and they're not gonna cause yeah. you problems yeah. then find where where your need for carbs is Definitely. like for me you know the guidance to me would be to have probably four to five hundred mm. grams of carbs a day <laughs> based on the calories i'm having yeah I just can't get there. Yeah. I don't want and to go there. that's not a problem either. So I'm at maybe 250, 300 max, yeah. and I feel okay with that. Yeah. I'm getting 280, between 220 and 280 grams of fat. Sorry, I'm protein, and then nice. the, the fat makes up the balance. Yeah. But I, I don't obsess about carbs yeah. and fat, and I don't think I I have a detrimental performance because my carbs are maybe yeah. not as high as what they should be. For sure. As and long it, as I'm getting protein, yeah, right? And it does, yeah, and it does. It, it's what the person likes as well. 
whether people want more fat or more carbs, it's it's, it's entirely up to preference. them. Yeah, it's preference as well. So yeah, it all depends on the person as well. Just because I like high carbs doesn't mean I'm just going to preach. You yeah. have to have higher carbs yeah. if you want more fat. And most clients, there's a guy who just seems to have more fat in his diet. I'm like, okay, well, you're not a competitor, so it doesn't really matter. So yeah. if you prefer more fat intake, which he does, and less carbs, as long as you're training, you're getting enough protein and the calories yeah, are and the calories, yeah, yeah. And he lost he lost a decent amount of weight, uh, but he he preferred more fat, and then it just depends on the person, yeah. really. Anything else? What What about like rest and recovery? What when did that penny drop for you that getting enough sleep and yeah. recovering from workouts and respecting recovery was important? Yeah, like before I would just obviously training six days a week with the first coach I had. Obviously, you know, being a natural athlete, that's where you make your growth is your sleep and recovery. Mm. And to think I was only getting one day, which is just way too much. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not enough for recovery. Yeah. So now that I'm doing two days and obviously it's depending on what the split is like, you know, sleep is so important. A lot of people take it for granted or they're like, yeah, I don't get enough. Well, they wouldn't think, why am I not building muscle? But sleep is so important. It's so important. And the amount of research out there that if you don't get enough sleep, the amount that your testosterone drops is, is crazy and performance. And I've yeah. gone through it myself as well. So when I haven't got a good night's sleep and you I try don't, and lift, don't want to do yeah. it. And yeah. I think there was once out of my prep where i had a late night and um i was getting really good sleep but I, I went to bed quite late and my performance the next day already being in a calorie deficit the difference it, i was the whole day i was just tanked but before mm. i was getting like seven eight hours sleep especially and then i woke up actually all right oh you're not going to feel all right on a calorie deficit anyway but <laughs> the best you can but, do. <laughs> yeah you have to do especially when you're dying these things make a huge difference hydration oh, as man. well it's crazy uh, my my just my little anecdote on sleep so i'm 37 years old and i've had a you know reasonably good career in it and i've always kind of you know been proud of the fact that I didn't need sleep like mm. sleep was secondary right <laughs> I, like work and just get uh, shit done so i was like probably averaging four to six hours wow. a, a night yeah. for most of my life and i was getting through it adrenaline yeah, would yeah, get yeah, me yeah. through the day like my, you know just my just my personality would get me through yeah the day and i felt like yeah I'm, I'm okay i'm all right until i started training and training properly and yeah. things were just slow yeah. and i started reading more learning a little bit more and going all of a sudden i heard a bit too much feedback saying you should be getting more sleep mm. and at that point i was getting obsessive about wanting to change my body i'm like yeah maybe i should do this sleep yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. let's see what happens <laughs> if i give myself a couple more and the profound difference in cognitive yeah. capability i feel i'm more creative i feel I'm more mm. compassionate i feel i'm more patient um i am more i have definitely have more energy going into the gym like yeah. especially when you're doing the heavy demanding stuff if you've had a good restful sleep you're you're willing to talk to yourself in a bit more of an aggressive yeah, and supportive sure. way yeah. like, i'm all in when i'm tired i'm like i'm looking at the weight and it's freaking Mate. me out Do you know what <laughs> <Yeah. I mean? laughs> But then your body responds as well yeah. because when you sleep is when you're most anabolic. And that's when the, the protein synthesis is at its highest. That's when things are recovering and developing and waste products are being Definitely. removed. Like I didn't understand that. Yeah, and once I understood that, both my body changed, my mental attitude was fantastically different. I was a nicer person to be around. <laughs> I was getting more shit done at work. And yeah, now now sleep is like, it's a cornerstone yeah, of my man. life. Like, 
if if I have to go to bed late, I'm waking up late. That's it. End yeah, yeah, of yeah. life. Shit has to happen. Definitely. I have to organize my <laughs> life. And on those rare occasions now, I let it go under six hours. I feel it. Yeah. Like it's so profoundly different to my life now. I get when I get a, a lower amount, it hurts. It's crazy. But I didn't know that because yeah. you, you know, before I was doing it every day and I didn't know what good felt like. Always felt good, but I didn't know that yeah. it was great and I was never tapping into that. So true, man. And mate, what I realized well that how hungry I get when mm, I don't get enough cravings. sleep is crazy. Yes. Like, yeah, like you said, I'm more creative in the morning. I love my mornings. I'm a morning person. And I feel like my brain just works when I wake up and I'm like, I'm, I'm writing ideas down at like six in the morning and I'm a morning person, but yeah. if I don't get enough sleep, then it, it just, doesn't happen. That's it. It doesn't happen. And I'm just slower. Um, it, it's, it's crazy, but I only, I only go to bed a bit late or I wake up. I just wake up when my body does. So Sunday's mm. generally the day I, I lie in, but then I'm still waking up at like seven, but that's, that's a line. It's a good habit me. to be so in, man. It's, I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Anton, this has been fantastic, man. I think we probably touched on the, the key yeah. principles to offer. Is there any, any other kind of points of guidance that you want to give your listeners and adaptations around training and achieving goals that are worth saying, or do you think we've hit it? I think we've hit it pretty much, but, it's everyone wants wants it now or and what people don't realize with me is i've been through such a journey from the start of getting into the gym and how long it took and what people to avoid or what research to avoid is kind of research and research people who you kind of want to emulate as well like training wise and kind of go by what they've done their experiences be patient and you're gonna have you're going to have obstacles in the way. And I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, I'll start them when that's the perfect time. But there's, there, never there, a perfect there's time. no perfect no. time. And you're always going to have stuff going on. You just never will make time for it. And I feel like with all my clients, if, if anyone does say that or new clients, you know. Let me one, just get this holiday away. Let's just uh, wait until yeah, after yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Let's wait until that's this. Or that, or... And they don't get it. It's like one day you may need to make time for illness. And I love that quote is if you don't make time for it now like healthy eating exercise you have to make time for illness you won't have yeah. a choice yeah so i feel like just make it a part of your lifestyle and it's, it's going to be a journey like but it's but the, the journey is part of the joy yeah and there's the right? process the one thing i've learned for myself i've loved the process more yes. than the outcome and with my competition i've i've videoed everything it's all on youtube and i've loved the process more than the outcome you're only on stage for a minute two exactly. minutes exactly but so, that's, that's the place to be. That's where the gold is, man, because yeah. the outcomes are never as satisfying as you you think they're going to yeah, be. Yeah. And they're fleeting. They come and go so quickly. So, so quick. the only thing that can keep you going is falling in love with the process. Definitely. And getting the 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 value that is outside of the gym. Like I'm sure the discipline and character building aspects of what the gym provides you in the gym, you know, bleeds into and impacts how you perform outside of the gym yeah you know yeah. whether it be your business or your entrepreneurial efforts or your relationships or you know other things in your life it just seems to have this cascading 100%. effect where you 100%. up level because it's a keystone habit yeah. because you've developed a disciplined committed approach and it's working you start pushing the boundaries yeah. in other yeah. areas of your yeah, life do you feel that that's 100 100 percent. and what people don't realize is that they think it's just Oh, you've got a good body, and what it does all, to all you it is outside, ego. It's, it's not, yeah. It's and not. what people see on my Instagram, obviously, I put up most of my fitness stuff, and that's all they see. But 
I'm only in the gym for about an hour, an hour and a half. And yeah. what it does to you and what it can do for you outside, if you want a better job or you're more positive, the things it can do for you outside of fitness, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like you said, better relationships. It's, you start thinking things are, are possible as well. You feel yeah. confident. It's, it's, it's crazy. You'd think that exercise you know, was purely one of body composition mm. and that's really why people do it right i yeah. want to lose weight want to gain, yeah, gain yeah, muscle yeah. and it is that is the the reason why people get into Definitely. the gym but the reason why they stay in the gym and they do it for years and yeah. years and years is that they get something from it from an ego and character and personality and from a value perspective that just drives the standard up yeah. in the rest of your yeah. life and i honestly believe that that's what's transitioned my life for the last couple of years is the gym yeah. So I'm 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 loving your journey, man. No, and I, I wish you all it, the man. best over the next few years as you know, you find your feet on your business yeah, and you take sure. this in new directions. Help the audience understand where they can find you on the internet and you know, follow your journey. Definitely. So I'm on Instagram, that's the the main one and Facebook at Anton Costalis. Working at Blueprint Fitness, that's at PP Fit London. And okay. we're you know, that's where I'm mostly at and I try and put as much content and keep it real man like yep. and keep it real that's the main thing like but yeah that's where you'll find me most fantastic i appreciate your time anton pleasure as always Mate, man thank you thank and guys you for me. adam nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength health and mindset inside and out cheers guys if you enjoy this show please leave us a five-star review on itunes it really helps and of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.